1: what's going on everybody welcome to another episode of green with envy will weir is doing what will weir does this weekend and he is busy with family attending soccer games in the u.s which doesn't happen very often this greg menake is checking in with your boy adam taylor what's good adam
2: when you said that will was doing what he usually does everybody listening was probably thinking that will was traveling
1: well, Will's just always busy. You know, he's he's traveling. Um, he's he's working. He works in the cannabis industry, so he's always doing weird stuff for that. Like he was out in L.A. recently. Um, he's he's all over the place. His company. They do like point of sales for cannabis stores and distributors. So he's always traveling for something. But I I saw his Instagram, which he doesn't. Will's not a big Instagram guy, but he uh, I think he's been doing a little bit more because he's trying to get the pod account going. And I saw him post something from an Austin FC soccer game last night, which is super fun. But it's like one hundred and five degrees. So he's insane for uh, for making that.
2: Yeah. So when I come to Texas, you guys are going to have to show me wherever keeps me cool.
1: Well, you know, whenever um, I get married, that's what I'm doing right after this. I'm going venue shopping with my fiance Danielle. You will be invited, of course. You're on the list, Adam. So don't worry about that. If you make the trip to Texas,
2: And I bring plus two? Plus, two. <laughs> yeah,
1: we can we can talk about uh, the, the the plus situations. But yeah, ab- absolutely. You know, we'll you know coming over from the UK, we'll make any accommodations that you need.
2: I mean, I'm just more worried about the the, the heat.
1: <laughs> so what would the how does the plus two factor into to the heat is there or is that just a
2: separate mutual so of bring the wife and the kid and i can class it as a holiday at the same time vacation and then I'll definitely. Keep, i definitely k- i kill two birds with one stone bro yeah yeah no
1: i i feel like you, you you definitely need that um but yeah but the heat's crazy dude the heat absolutely insane but will was out there at the austin fc game last night so uh that's the i think he's hosting his girlfriend lorraine his family that's why will couldn't be here today but it's greg it's adam you know, when Greg and Adam do a pod, it always gets weird, and I'm excited for how weird it's going to get.
2: I'm just a weird person in general. I've accepted this, and I think that everybody else should jive with it. As you can see, I'm looking for my glasses. Everyone should jive with it, just because when do you get two weird people on a podcast talking ball? It doesn't happen. You, I mean, most
1: podcasts have two weird people, but they're not always talking about basketball.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean... You you need to be a certain type of person to put yourself out to an audience and just talk about something, and, and then just be like, people will listen, right? Like people will care, and then you you go away and you are like nobody's going to care, and then yeah. sometimes people care, sometimes people don't. You kind of just ride it with it. It's a it's a weird industry, man. It's a weird Before
1: industry. we get into like actual Celtics topics, is there any like Galaxy Brain type topics that are on your um,
2: on your brain right now? No, I mean the Damian Lillard stuffs kind of. I like that. I like that the NBA stepped in. I feel like they've seen a bunch of players take Supermax deals and then a year or two later force themselves out, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And seeing the NBA kind of intervene this time, and I know Miami Heat fans will be feeling a certain type of way because it never happened with Harden or it never happened with whoever. I get that. But somebody needed to come in and kind of play hardball somewhere. So seeing the NBA step in and be like, no, you signed a contract you will go where you are sent and you will play i agree with that to a certain extent but i still think that portland need to show a certain level of class here to a guy that gave everything to their organization and still look to put him in a good position
1: yeah that's a really interesting topic right now right with the um austin rivers comments that came out i, th- I heard uh, t mac was on the ryan Rossillo podcast recently which by the way t mac the fact that he's like making the rounds right now and he's becoming um, more part of the the popular culture and the general basketball discourse, I think is going to do wonders for his legacy moving forward because I was a huge T-Mac guy. I had T-Mac sneakers. I had all the T-Mac gear. Um, so when I see everybody now like watching Tracy McGrady highlights and realizing how much of a problem he he is, uh, he was, I think it's great just, just for his legacy. But yeah, with Damian Lillard, you know, players are going to push the envelope and they're going to push the limits until somebody pushes back against them, right? Like why wouldn't they do that? It it makes sense for them in the player empowerment era to continue to push the envelope until someone says, you know what, that's probably a little bit too far. This isn't good for the spirit of the game. And it seems like when your agent, right, starts making those public declamations that, my guy's not going to be happy. He's not going to play hard for you if you trade for him. That's just not great for the game, right? So the fact that the NBA is stepping stepping in right now, uh, maybe they, they should have done it previously with some other guys, but now they're doing it. You know, I think that's important because somebody has to step up and, um, and put their foot down against uh, players asking for too much.
2: Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I do think that Lillard deserves to go to a winning situation. But I also think that if you've created an entire CBA around avoiding super teams, stepping into kind of limit how easy it is for a player to force that into existence makes a lot of sense too, right? It's it's clear that the NBA wants parity. They believe that having more good teams across both conferences, having deeper conferences, is going to be more entertaining because then there's very rarely quote-unquote league pass games. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if you don't step in and stop players from trying to move here, there, or everywhere at, the whim, at their own whim, it's very easy for these super teams to keep being constructed. So I understand why they've done it. I feel sorry. I feel bad for Dame, But that was the only Galaxy Brain thing I've got on my mind today. Well, you went basketball. I was more talking about,
1: like, do you want to talk about UFOs? Do you want to talk about atomic bombs? With So let's uh, with do Bob UFOs, dude, real
2: quick. So... I've seen a bunch of this congress stuff with the UFOs right now I am very like the way I've always looked at anything like this is science everyone's like look at the science the science this the science that I'm not a conspiracy theorist I'm not out here looking for a hidden planet at the end of the solar system I'm not trying to say we live oh, on the planet
1: back- X you want to talk okay. about planet X <laughs> I'm not saying
2: we live on the back of a giant turtle or tortoise or whatever we're meant to be living on the back of uh one thing I will say is that Science is very young, so when everybody's pointing to science as the logical explanation for everything, I'm like, well, science consistently has to retract things it put out and then replace it. And when we're talking about life, we know life as we know it. I like to use that sentence. What? And I saw a guy come on TikTok earlier today, and he was like, everything that's being said in Congress right now is fake. How, you're telling me an alien race traveled 5.93 billion miles, which is a light year, to crash land at the last mile? He's like, and I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, okay, so you make sense. But how many times did planes travel thousands of miles to crash at the on landing? I like Like that. It it happens, uh, you know, and it's not like it was just a smooth ride, right? Like they're saying these aliens crashed because some motherfucker came with a gun and shot them out of the sky. Like they probably, they probably didn't expect that they were looking for a Diplodocus and got hit with a bazooka. You just don't know. Um, so I find it really interesting. I'm not saying there are aliens. I just think it's very, very ignorant to expect us to be the only people in the entire unexplored universe.
1: For sure, I, I the the fact that you brought up the um, the planet at the end of the solar system. So do you know like the Planet X theory? Have you have you heard about this?
2: The one with the Anunnaki and 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 An, however you pronounce it.
1: Uh, where you? I don't know where you're gonna say, but what what for me like there's this theory out there that that I know and I'm. I'm not I wouldn't call myself a conspiracy theorist but I do enjoy a good conspiracy. So there's like, <laughs> So there is um this theory. I think it's called the Planet X theory. I might have the wrong letter, but basically that like um Every 200,000 years or whatever it is, a planet comes by Earth and aliens will come to Earth and give us technology because there's like a certain period of time where there's these like big jumps in technological advancements. So there's there's this theory out there that there's this um planet that just goes super far out into the solar system and comes swings back around. And anytime it passes Earth, that's when we get <laughs> new technology, which is like a fun theory to think about. I'm not saying I espouse this theory. I just you brought it up. So um I just wanted to bring that yeah, up I mean, for anybody so, that uh that that hadn't heard about what I'm calling the Planet X theory. I don't know if that's what it's called.
2: Yeah. So to add on to that and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but rabbit holes are rabbit holes when you're working yeah, yeah, day. Yeah. You know, I I take a lunch break and I hit YouTube or I hit TikTok and you fall down these rabbit holes for a good 25 minutes. So uh, mainly because they're hella interesting. I'd rather watch that than somebody just lip sync into a track. Um, <laughs> you know, I just don't understand. But the, 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 the expansion on that theory is something called the Anunnaki, who, which were the aliens that are meant to come down to Earth off this big planet that <laughs> okay. apparently has the biggest orbit of all orbits in the history of orbits, in the entire universe of orbits, where orbits don't orbit orbit. Um, and they come down, they give us technology, but apparently they inter- they interwove our DNA with theirs, and that's why <laughs> we are, how we are. I'm like, yo, dude, that's bullshit. I'm sorry, I'm, call- I'm calling shenanigans on this part. Like, you've gone too far. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, that's, a, that's the thing about a good conspiracy, right? There's always a moment where you're, like, kind of believing it for a second until they drop that, right? Until they've done DNA experiments and, and connected humans with aliens, and that's what we are. Um, but anyways adam there's a guy out there in the broadcasting industry that can have a conversation like this he can talk about aliens i'm sure he can talk about the celtics he can talk about whatever it is when it comes up live on air on a broadcast and that is the celtics hall of famer mike gorman who announced his uh, last call or his last dance. I think last call is probably more um, applicable to a broadcaster, right? So Mike Gorman's last call is going to be this season with the Boston Celtics. Um, what were your initial thoughts when you heard that Mike Gorman was officially calling this his last season?
2: Well, first of all, Mike Gorman was also the guy that introduced this podcast when it was still on the Celtics blog feed That's for true. over a year, for nearly two years. So um, that intro will remain part of our legacy. But talking of legacies, it won't be Celtics basketball. It, it won't feel the same, right? Like the adjustment was difficult enough going from Tommy to Scal, mm. and that, that to this day just doesn't feel right. Like we've all adjusted. We're used to Scal being on the call. We've we, we've kind of embraced him to an expo- to a certain level at a certain point. Who like, and it's most likely going to be. Um, His name's going to out of my head real quick. Who's going to replace him? I really like the guy that's going to replace him, but his name's going to out of my head. Uh, Just Um, play by play on the radio. Oh, Um, Grandy. Yeah, it's going to be Sean Grandy. That's going to be the most likely replacement. I don't think there's anybody better for that role. I think Grandy's going to do great. But as long as I've been watching Celtics basketball, as long as I've been an NBA fan, Mike Gorman's been calling the games. That's a long time. So, to go from that to not having that, like, that's not going to feel good, man. That's going to like they've got to win a championship for me to even be okay with this happening.
1: Yeah. I mean, I kind of felt the same way when, um, you know, just thinking about Tommy and his last couple of years with the Celtics, I really wanted to get one last championship, and one last banner for Tommy. Because, um, you know, he's an absolute legend as a player, coach, and broadcaster for the Celtics. And Mike Gorman, for me, man, like, it's even it's another level of connection to what I felt to Tommy Heinsohn cause Mike Gorman literally graduated from the high school that I went to Boston Latin school. And he also grew up in the same neighborhood that I grew up in. He was, um, from St. Brendan's parish. I'm from St. Anne's parish, everything in Dorchester is like broken up by parishes, right? With Catholic churches. Um, so he was part of like the adjacent, um, parish to, to my parish. So, like on broadcast, he'll he'll reference Boston Latin School. He'll reference Tui Park, where I used to go play basketball, wiffle ball tournaments, Little League Baseball. And he just always felt like part of the neighborhood. He didn't feel like he was doing too much on the broadcast, right? He was just a common guy, a guy from Boston that just got this amazing gig to call Celtics games. And I think that's the thing about Mike Gorman that has always stood out to me, is his ability to just feel so relatable, where, you know, the special broadcasters out there, the special personalities have a way of bringing you in. So you feel like you're watching the game with them rather than listen to them call a game. Right. And that's what I felt. uh, That's what I loved about Mike and Tommy, um, is that they always made you feel like you were sitting right next to them, which doesn't quite happen with Mike and Scal, right? There's that disconnect that you feel as an audience member where you're not you're, you don't feel welcome as much into the broadcast and I think that's some of the scouts improved on but he's not there yet right he I, I think maybe it's part partially just his personality where he's a, he's a little aloof and a little standoffish um but right now like Gorman the fact that he, has announced this is his last ride. I know me personally, I'm going to be tuning in to every Celtics broadcast. I if, if there's an opportunity, national broadcast for the Celtics broadcast, I'm gonna be listening to the Celtics broadcast for Do sure.
2: you know what I'd like them to do? I and mean, it'll be harsh on scal, and I don't think it'd be very fair, but I'd like them to do one former Celtic per home game mm. for the rest of the season to sit alongside Mike because Mike's That's called dead. Great games. idea. And then they could have, like, you know, a moment where the guy that called games for them, they're calling games with him. <sighs> Dude, that uh, think, is an
1: amazing idea.
2: I really think that would be a really good way to kind of go out, right? Just, like, every game is a different former Celtic. And you can start with the big ones, but there's, there's fan favorites, there's former champions. And just, just really show Mike, like, how many generations of this team he's touched and he's been around. I think that would be such a classy way to say. It's kind of like a, a good boy tour, but only in the garden. Like oh, when you're when you're on the road, man. whatever. Dude, this is genius. I, I think it'd be good. I'm gonna put this clip out afterwards to see how other people.
1: I, I was I was already saying like breakout clip number one, Adam Taylor. <laughs> you need to get you need to get paid for coming up with this idea. Um, that it's it, it seems so so obvious, but so brilliant. And I think that's the the great thing about like the the brilliant points that people make sometimes it's just like the most obvious thing and the most obvious thing here is to bring in former celtics former coaches um to to show mike that we appreciate him i mean you could even now probably going fans is probably one step too far like yeah. season ticket holders you know season ticket it, holders have been there
2: like, you need some form of control over what's going to come out of mm-hmm. people's mouths live on TV. You can't just have <laughs> the random... Yeah, just dudes. have
1: Adam Taylor and Greg Menegas Yeah, just like, there.
2: what the fuck are you doing? Like, you need some... Like, at least with, like, a former player, there's, you've got some form of level of control because they're probably going to want a paycheck from this. It's a gig. Mm-hmm. But, you know, being able to go from, like, maybe you can bring Larry Bird in for one. Maybe you can Definitely. bring you bring in kg for one try and maybe avoid paul pierce after the showtime incident maybe not because you know we need to oh we are live we are live right <laughs> <Yeah>. now <Paul. laughs>
1: this game is happening and people are listening right now Paul's so. like,
2: you see that entire section of girls out? i bought all of them for the day just not just one mike i got the whole lot mike did you know there was a website you could buy a bunch of these
1: <laughs> that would be amazing that would be amazing uh, but, Go. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a great idea though, man. Um, shout out to Mike Gorman, absolute legend. The last call with Mike Gorman happening this season with the Boston Celtics. But with that, we can still talk about Mike after if you want, Adam, if you got anything else to say. But let's take a quick break and then let's get into some um, other quick hits around the Celtics organization. We're driven
0: by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All right. We're back. Adam, any last thoughts on Mike Gorman before we transition?
2: No, I mean, we've said what we need to say. No, I'm not sh- I'm very, very confident that we're going to have multiple conversations around this topic between now and the end of the year. So uh, I don't want to kill it all right now. I think we've said what we need to say.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Let's move on to uh, some news with some players on the Boston Celtics roster. First being Al Horford. Um, there was a report that came out that Al Horford is going to be part of the uh dominican roster for the it's the fiba fiba world cup right yes, uh sir. so you i saw you you tweeted something out about that or put something out on instagram what are your initial thoughts when you hear that al horford is going to be participating in international basketball this summer
2: yeah don't do it um i mean i wrote a news around this as well for celtics blog one point i wanted to make was by all means go and be that veteran presence on the bench maybe Work with the assistants and do, excuse me, have a coaching role, but don't play. Like, yeah. you know, you were already missing back to back, like, second nights of back to backs for good reason during the regular season. The Celtics have done everything they can to manage your health and your fitness to keep you ready for the postseason. You don't need to add countless extra miles to the clock at this age when you're coming into a championship season. I just don't think it's the right thing for Al at the age he is. I understand that he wants to represent his country, the World Cup. There's a lot of good talent going to be there. And if he plays, the Dominican Republic have, I think it's four NBA-level guys. They've got Al Horford, um, Towns is there. They've got Lester Quinones, is it? A two-way guy mm-hmm. from Golden yeah, State. Yeah. And then Chris Duarte as well so they're, they're gonna have four nba guys which is more than every team well most teams other than team usa look, like they'll put themselves in good position but i just think it i just don't think it's the right thing for al from a Celtics standpoint
1: yeah no i i agree completely um i think the biggest you know most salient point that you made was that the celtics have done so much to manage his health and he's signed up to for this um load management if you will this late in his career you know not playing on the second night of back-to-backs and although we did ramp up his minutes because of just like the nature of the other injuries on the roster last year um i think it's it's important for al horford to to kind of just keep that in mind that you know as much as he probably wants to actually be on the court for the dominican republic team um you know the the celtics are the team that's paying him and um we we want to make sure that we have a a happy al healthy and happy al horford moving forward There was another thing that came up with the uh, FIBA World Cup. Pictures of skinny Luka Doncic. Did you see these pictures of Luka?
2: I have not seen these pictures of Luka. Let me know. Google
1: Google it real quick. I just want to get your on-air What, am I just
2: Googling skinny Luka?
1: Yeah, or just like Luka, FIBA World Cup. There's some pictures. I think he posted them on on Twitter, but he looks What the hell? He doesn't
2: just look skinny. He looks toned.
1: Yeah, he, he looks he looks great. And there were all these uh, videos that were coming out of Luca, um, you know, with the the reaction drills and uh, the ball handling drills that he was doing with Steph Curry. And he didn't look great. He looked kind of slow. But when you see this picture and you look at a skinny Luka Doncic, to me, the first thing that I thought was, man, he was really out of shape the last couple of years because he looks great in this picture.
2: So I'm just sharing it now for anyone watching on YouTube. That is not the Luka Doncic that we saw at the end of the season. That is not the Luka Doncic we have seen. This is the Giannis arc where all of a sudden muscles start forming where muscles weren't before and you don't know how they got there so quickly. Is that Luka or is that a video game? That's Luka Luka in Slovenia. That's actually Luka.
1: That That literally looks like a
2: video game, how toned he is. I know. It's not fair, right? There's another one as well. Like you can... Someone zoomed in and pointed out the muscles and what the hell dude, Lu- Luca. Yeah, is... Dude, that's gotta be photoshopped. I don't know, man. Cause if you look like this is how it was before. So what it really is, is the weights come off and the muscle definition stayed. Yeah. Let's see if we but can find shout out, one. shout out to Luca. Look, look another Luca. one here. Like you can see the definition there. This is not fair. How did he lose so much weight so quickly? Look, like, this is the James Harden meet Giannis Arc all in one. Like Luca's gonna be scary, dude.
1: I, I mean I hope I hope that this isn't Photoshopped and he is as in as good shape as it seems like he is in these pictures. Cause we you know, as fans of, of basketball that have just kind of pushed Luca up onto this pedestal probably a little bit too soon in his career just because he he, you know, a League MVP as, as young as he was and all that. Um, and he he looks so great, you know, going head-to-head against Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, all these um, early success that he had not being in tip-top shape. And now that he seems to be taking it seriously after just a horrible season with the Mavericks last year after the Kyrie Irving addition, um, it's just great to see players taken seriously. And I'm, I'm hoping that we get uh, an MVP-level season out of Luka because, you know, he's in the Western Conference and we don't have to see him until the NBA Finals, if anything.
2: Yeah. And... Also, it'd be nice to see Kyrie Irving not playing so the Mavericks could do well. Because if the Mavericks season goes well, then Kyrie Irving has not played much. Um, no no shade, Kyrie. I just,
1: you know. I mean, uh, the significant shade, but no shade.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know
1: how it is. Man. <laughs> some of you earlier being like, hey, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I do enjoy a good conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: no, like, no shade, but here's a ton of shade. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's true. Like, <laughs> like, no, jokes aside, I think any player. Upping their level of play, upping their skill set is only good for the NBA. It's good for all the fans. Having somebody at Luca's level take another leap. And even if this is just fitness-wise, maybe he can be at the peak of his game, deeper into the season. Maybe they don't need to minute-manage him. Every superstar gets minute-managed, unless your name's Jason Tatum, who refuses to ever sit on a bench um no i think this is good man and i really hope that's not photoshopped because then we can start finding out what the workout plan is and we can start doing it ourselves
1: yeah definitely definitely uh need a little bit more of that in my life bro i was playing in a men's league on thursday night this is uh sunday we're recording it within the first i don't know two minutes of warm-ups i was like my body's not right today. Like I can already feel it. I'm probably going to get injured if I play in this game. I was doing jumping jacks on the side, doing some core exercises on the side to try and like engage the, the, the hamstrings and the glutes and all that literally first possession of the game, catch a cramp in my hamstring. And I'm like, ah, yep. I was right. You know, 34 years old. It doesn't feel great. So maybe we need to be on that, uh, Luca, Luca workout regime. Just so I can um, say
2: this, you know how jealous I am that you even have a men's league. I got two
1: mondays and thursdays
2: i don't even have somewhere to go and play indoors like you have the men's league like this is not fair this is
1: there is there not one basketball league for just like recreation and where you where you stay
2: oh you have to go to tryouts and it's like you can't just put put a team together and like and i'm not trying out for a team when everybody wouldn't even know what a back screen is if i'm like calling rip while i'm trying to run in transition and somebody's like i don't know what you mean i'm gonna throw the ball off your face so like uh
1: i I just like the the idea of you running in transition why (laughs) just like I'm, i'm trying to picture you like getting out on the fast break right now like for me me getting out on a fast break is um a very slow jog i don't think i've actually sprinted out in transition so like but i think getting to the the play call is the hardest part just like getting up and down the court at mid 30s as we are like I, I i don't think there's been one actual play call in the last 2 years that that i've played in immensely you see so, i'd be not missing plays much
2: consistently like as soon as the ball touches somebody's hands I'm, I'm just, we're running a set because that's how we should be like we're yeah, they,
1: we'll we'll run like horns, um, and just like people kind of naturally know how to move. But we're not calling anything out, you know. Um, like backdoor cuts happen intuitively. Yeah, um, you might, you know, might do you know like a wedge screen inside to get somebody free. But that's all like literally not one play is called.
2: I'm calling twenty one down there. I'm calling reset, dude, man. I'd come with a clipboard. <laughs> like everyone had refused to play with me after one game, they'd be like, "This dude just sucks all the fun out of it." Like, I don't well,
1: understand. hey that's fair but speaking of play calls uh we got two celtics point guards that we need to talk about here we need to talk about peyton pritchard we need to talk about malcolm brogdon so uh i'll let i'll let you just cook here which one do you want to talk about first
2: let's jump in with peyton pritchard first he's the one that didn't get as much playing time so he should get more air time i think that i think that's only fair right
1: yeah definitely definitely so um t- tell us about pritchard what's what's the latest update uh that, that you're hearing
2: yeah i mean there's nothing major it was just wording that Joe Missoula used, right? Like, so Missoula was in a press conference. I can't remember when it was. I think it was something to do with Jalen Brown's uh, contract signing earlier in the week. Like, the press conference was earlier in the week. And he was like, the free guards we've got are going are going to be our core free guards and there's going to be playing time for them. We feel like they trust us to put them in positions to grow offensively and defensively. But he used Pritchard's name in there, which obviously a lot of people jumped on, like, well, Pritchard's definitely part of this free free guard rotation. There's going to be a significant amount of minutes for him because he can play the one and the two. He's played the two under Brad and under MA. Like, people just kind of... Where have I gone? Oh. People, <laughs> people were just jumping on it like Pritchard's definitely in it. I think that's really good for me in terms of... You know, Having that scorer, having somebody that can push the pace, somebody that can operate in the pick and roll and just operate off-ball as well, there's just a bit of diversity that he brings to the game. I also think we haven't seen the best of Pritchard yet in terms of having a a pure, consistent role. Even under Rudoka, it was consistent and it was inconsistent. He never just had a full season to grow into a role and grow into a position with the team and get really comfortable with everybody around him and start to cook. I want to see what that looks like before he starts hitting free agency restricted free agency or we start talking contract negotiations
1: for sure and i i'm just happy to hear that peyton pritchard like is being factored into the plans for this season right because when he first started with the celtics there was so much hype in the first like 10 to 15 games that he played before he ended up hurting his knee um in his rookie season i think it was uh an early game against the Kings, I want to say, where he had like a huge offensive rebound put back and he was on the court at the end of the game. I think Marcus Smart was injured at the time. So Pritchard was getting a little bit more run in his rookie year. And he was, he just had a knack for making big plays. And for whatever reason, the Celtics haven't given him enough opportunity to continue to make those big plays, you know, obviously part of, Part of that is just roster construction. You know, when you have a Marcus Smart and you trade for a Derek White and you sign a Malcolm Brogdon, it's kind of tough to just like make room for the smallest of that four guard rotation. You know what I mean? Even though he is the most elite shooter of that group, Malcolm Brogdon might have something to say about that. But Pritchard, Pritchard's ability to shoot from 30 feet and do it with confidence and to pull up off a pick and roll like you see these videos of him in the summertime just like his bag that he has he's he's a um, two-level scorer with the you know every once in a while he can get to a three-level score get, finishing around the hoop but he has these moments where you watch him play and you're like man if if only he could get 40 games in a row in a defined role where he doesn't get one coach's decision um did, did not play i think that is that is what Peyton Pritchard needs. And that's all he was asking for this season when he when it seemed like he was unhappy. No shit, he was unhappy. He has a contract coming up he isn't getting any minutes he's definitely a a rotation level player and he's just relegated to the bench for an entire season like that's not really fair to him where he's only getting garbage time minutes when he's proven you know even last year in the playoffs he had a decent role on in udoka's rotation he wasn't always um getting huge minutes but you, you know he he took big shots in the finals and that was something that Peyton Pritchard, we were expecting him to build on that. But instead, they were like, you know what? We can't trust him. We need to go get Malcolm Brogdon. That was the decision that they made. So with Pritchard, with Marcus Smart gone, I'm super excited to see him get uh, a chance to play real minutes with the Celtics this year. Um, but the other guy that we just touched on, Malcolm Brogdon, what's happening out
2: there? They're working on he- on the healing process. What healing process? They nearly traded you. You didn't get traded. Okay. Cool. They traded Marcus Smart. No one's talking about healing process with Marcus Smart. Like, Marcus Smart admitted he cried. Everyone was like, well, you should have cried. So, I'm just like, you know, the healing process, I get it. Making sure that Malcolm feels valued. Make it, make it, and he, And he should because he is a valued member of the rotation. Making sure that he understands that his role is secure with the team for another year, well I feel like Missoula kind of drove that home by saying Pritchard White, and Bragdon are the core guard rotation this year, but at the same time, like putting so much effort into making him feel wanted when you almost traded him feels disingenuous to me anyway, like mm-hmm. I understand that you had to trade one of the guards, and if you if push came to shove, I think everybody who wasn't an irrational Marcus Smart like detractor because you know there's always a play one player you just can't stand and for some people it was smart but for anybody that wasn't an irrational Marcus Smart detractor if you had to make the choice between moving on from Brugden or moving on from Smart knowing what impact they have on the Celtics specifically not the skill set that they have but the impact that they have most Celtics fans would have chose Brugden to go before Smart yeah of course so, and I think that you know. I think Brogdon's old enough, man enough, wise enough to understand that situation himself. So I don't know where this healing process is. I don't know what it needs to be. Okay, we need a trade. We didn't. You're going to be here. We're happy you're here. But we had a tough choice to make. We chose you over losing Marcus. I think everybody can accept that. Then you move on. I don't understand what we're talking a healing process.
1: Let's take a quick break, our final break of the pod, and we come back. Let's just finish up our thoughts on Brogdon, and then we'll kick it over to our weekly vibe check. Yeah, with Brogdon. So the what I was as you were talking just now, I was thinking if we were in the position, if you and I are the people having the conversation with Malcolm Brogdon that are in charge of the quote unquote healing process with him, um, wh- what do you think that conversation sounds like? Like imagine I'm Malcolm Brogdon, you're looking at me, um, Malcolm Malcolm Obama, staring at you in the face right now. What are you saying to me?
2: Hi, I'm Obama. Um, we nearly traded you it didn't go it didn't work Marcus is gone we still want you as the sixth man because of your injury history we love you we trust you but at the end of the day we were more willing to trade you than Marcus due to what Marcus meant to the city and to the to the franchise overall and to what he brought to us on the defensive end it hasn't worked out that way let's rock for the season baby let's get that championship that's me done done Cause it's true. There's not a lie in there. And I don't think you need to sugarcoat things with people, especially like when it was, when it happens so publicly from start to finish sugarcoating it is a load of, a a waste of time. Right. So that would be how I approached it.
1: For sure. And I, I, the only thing I would probably add is just like giving him that space pick. Okay. Like, cause I think that's perfect. What you just said that now here's some space, anything that you want to say to us, how do we move forward from this? Um, you know, kind of give us your mindset right now, tell us where you're at, and then we'll figure out ways to, if we need to improve it, we can. Cause I think, yeah. you know, with Brogdon, he's, he is such a professional, you know what I mean? So I don't think he's going to come in and, and be, you know, a sour apple in the bunch right now. So I think if you just give him that space, let him speak his mind. If, if he's like, you know what, I, I need a little bit of time. Like it it might sound crazy. Like you might want me to be more professional than I can be right now, but, you know, give me a month. Let me just process it. Um, stay in contact. I'll, you know, I I can reach out to you. You can reach out to me, but let's just make sure we have an ongoing dialogue. Um, once I, I come back to the table and I'm in a better headspace to have that conversation, right? Cause if you, if you just straight up like sit him down like, Hey Malcolm, like here's a deal. You never know if if he's in a like a very reactionary state after you know being traded, and he's a human being, so he might not feel happy about that after he chose to come to Boston. I think just giving him that space um, to you know either voice his opinion or tell you that he needs more time to to think it through, you know, just approach it on a very human level. But I I, I also like the approach of just being very blunt about it and he's like, hey man like we love you, but when, if it when it came down to it, Marcus Smart was the heartbeat of of this team and of this city, so you know, and then what if he comes back with oh, why didn't you try and trade um Derek White instead of me
2: Derek White's, <laughs> Derek White's better than you yeah don't know how, I don't know how like you know if you ask a really younger, you ask, yeah, you ask a question that's gonna lead to a tough answer, you, but you best realize that you might not like the answer Derek yeah. White is better than you. Uh, period you might be a better shooter but Derek White is an iron man he's coming off an 82 game played regular season mm-hmm. Malcolm Brogdon at one point needed like two and a half seasons to get to 82 games do you know what I mean like so yeah. I, I mean yeah you can Just ask the, the
1: question. yes yes super being super realistic with them right yeah
2: you can ask the question but the answer is going to be one that you wouldn't like
1: uh, for sure um, okay, so I, I got to get running here to this uh, wedding venue tour, Adam. As, as you know, we talked about that right before we hopped on, but we do have a little bit of time for our weekly vibe check. So I'm going to let you go first. What are you vibing with this week? Feeling good, feeling great.
2: It's kind of a promo, though, right? Like, I am genuinely vibing with the amount of effort and research I'm doing with YouTube right now. Just trying to build what we've got going here. Obviously, we, I'm quite comfortable with how we're doing audio-wise, but I think that YouTube is like a huge opportunity that we've that we've slept on for a long time. So, you know, getting those quick hits up and running, incorporating the the quick hits with me, incorporating more of these long form shows, getting to use the community features more. I'm just vibing with all of this at the moment, man, just trying to figure out this big old bad beast of YouTube and figure out a way to not only make better content but also engage with more people to enjoy the stuff that we're doing so I'm really vibing with that,
1: yeah, I love that and uh, you know for everyone that's listening on the pod right now, if you um have a YouTube account, just go ahead subscribe to us on YouTube. I think we're at like a thousand and 15 well, what are
2: we at like a little over a thousand subscribers so right now. now we're at like 1100 and something okay yeah 11, 1100. 1100 and change let me i'm pulling up the numbers right now as we speak bear with me 1150 around there around there like uh unless all of a sudden we've had an influx but who knows it 1156 is where we're at right now
1: yeah then that that's a good number but if um you know as as we try and build out the Green With Envy brand and the Adam Taylor Show brand. Um, We're going to be putting a lot more exclusive content uh, on YouTube. We'll still be doing our pod. A pod will come out, same schedule, but we're going to be putting a lot of content up on YouTube. So if if you've been rocking with us, make sure you go to our page and um, subscribe. That will be in the show details. You can just click the link and and it'll go straight to our YouTube page. Um, What I'm vibing with, and I do this anytime there's a big UFC event, is uh the baddest motherfucker belt was last night. I love, that belt. love you like you like that belt? Yeah. It's yeah. a little bit controversial cuz you know it's kind of mate it's a it's a fake belt but it's a real belt at the All same belts time. belts
2: are fake belts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Great point. Great point. But uh Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje last night and it was in Salt Lake City a year ago Leon Edwards knocked out Kamaru Usman with a a head kick. And the next year, same venue, main event, Justin he throws a right hand, and behind that right hand, as Poirier ducks out of the way of the right hand, he follows up with a high right leg kick to the head, knocked him out cold, um, head bobbing off the canvas. There was a couple knockouts last night via head kick there was also Derek Lewis um who's called the black beast he he hit somebody with a a flying knee that sent them to the canvas so it was just like an action-packed UFC event last night I didn't I don't know if you had a chance to catch anything but dude watch some of those highlights the Justin Gaethje and then what's great is Conor McGregor who I don't know if he'll ever fight again. I don't know if you're a Conor McGregor fan, but he immediately called out Justin Gaethje on Twitter afterwards and said that rather than fighting Michael Chandler, he wants to fight Justin Gaethje next. So I think that would be pretty cool if McGregor can kind of get back in the octagon.
2: Yeah, I mean, I like MMA a lot. I've been around a lot of MMA gyms and a lot of people that have been around that stuff. Uh, Fly knees hurt really, really, really bad look, there's no getting away from it. Like Head kicks, it's one of two ways, right? It's either going to really rocky dome and everything inside your body shakes or it just stings. And the mm-hmm. ones that rocky dome are the ones that you wake up sometimes like, yo, did you get the number of that bus? Sometimes is, it new, you- is it all about
1: placement? Because what I've seen, like uh one one guy got kicked like in the forehead last night and and he didn't get knocked out and the other guy got kicked like behind the ear which to me seems like the worst place to get hit yeah
2: so you got the bottom right so everything runs along that jawline and it's how much pressure per square inch gets hit onto the jaw it's where your hands are as well like if if they kick and it slides off the off the arm a little bit hits you a bit higher up it can rock you but it won't knock you out it's there's a lot it's whether you see coming the ones that you don't Mm -hmm. see coming are the ones that knock you out there's a lot that goes into it in terms of like whether or not you're going to end up getting like sparked but in general that shit hurts and like i don't watch it nowhere near as much as i used to uh but gaichi's a good fight i like dustin poirier Uh, I, i like watching leon edwards fight but what I'd like the most is knowing that I haven't got to get hit by any of these people because they are <laughs> literally born killers, dude. I
1: don't want to be around it, that shit. It's it's crazy, man. It's crazy. the The baddest motherfucker belt last night. It was it was a great event. Uh, there was a big boxing event last night. I didn't, I couldn't watch both of them at the same time. Um, but that there was a big event last night as well for boxing. So in the in the martial arts world, in the combat world, last night was big. Um, but this was big for us today, Adam. Me and you getting to rock together. Uh, without will but you know when it, whenever it's the two of us i i feel like the pod has its own unique vibe to it the three-man weave has its own vibe you and will together has its own vibe me and will together has its own vibe but when it's greg and adam things get weird we, we went from about aliens
2: <laughs> aliens we went from aliens to a wedding invite live on air to Head kicks rocking you down like we went everywhere, dude. We, it's been a, it's been an emotional ride. I've been on a roller coaster. It has been.
1: It has been. Uh, but with that, we are gonna send you off with some music from my band down here in Austin, Texas. We are called Black Sheep Optimists.
2: Love you.